0: Well, hey, everyone. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. This is Heidi St. John, and you have found me at my little corner of the Internet. Today is Mailbox Monday. This is the day when I answer your questions, and we have a lot of them to go through. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, you guys know that I love this day of the week at the podcast, mostly because it gives me the opportunity to engage with you, to hear what's on your heart, and to answer your questions. If you would like a question addressed here at the show, the way to do that is simply to go to HeidiSaintJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. We've got a lot of great changes coming up at the Momstrong International Ministry. Right now, we are finishing my study on motherhood. And you heard me say last week that you know uh, the the woke Joe Biden administration gave an award for uh, International Women's Day to a dude. They gave the award for International Woman of Courage to a man, a biological man. And we need to get back to the foundational truths of Scripture. The Bible teaches us that God made us male and female, and that you have a beautiful role to play. Uh, women in your in your uh, your roles as wives and mothers and god made you uniquely female and i think it's something to be celebrated certainly not something to be uh to be mocked which is essentially what they're doing when they decide that uh that men and women are interchangeable apparently (laughs) so we've had a great time studying that uh god's heart for mothers and really teaching you how to love your children, body, soul, mind, and spirit. That study is called Irreplaceable, the Life-Giving, Soul-Steadying Role of Mothers. For the month of March, we're gonna be working our way through that, and then we're gonna transition in the month of April, and we're gonna go back to the foundations of the word of God. In studying Genesis 1 to 11, that study is called Supernatural, and I have been spending the last several weeks working on that and writing it, and i'm very excited to take you guys through it because the bible has answers for the questions that we're ans- that we're asking in the culture right now and i was looking just the other day you know i'm i'm reading through uh, as i have for many years reading through genesis 1 to 11 and it occurs to me that things have really changed in the church because over a decade ago i had the opportunity to attend a series of lectures by my friend ken ham of course you guys know he is the founder Of answers in Genesis. He came here to the Pacific Northwest. They had an event at this local church and um, I was eager to hear him because he has such a scripturally sound approach to the book of Genesis. And this was especially important for my kids. I was homeschooling full-time at the time. But the importance, and I'm going to be really transparent with you, the importance of, of studying and believing and taking the book of Genesis at face value, right? This account. Uh, of the creation of the world had not really yet pierced my heart. And more and more, I was hearing from Christian brothers and sisters who had embraced the idea of millions of years and so-called theistic evolution. Now, I'll be honest and say that while I have always believed personally in a literal interpretation of Genesis, I didn't think it mattered very much in the end, because after all, the main thing is the gospel, right? Yes, of course, that's the main thing. And there was a guy sitting next to me, another pastor from a local church in the Portland area, and he seemed to share my sort of ambivalent approach to the creation account in Genesis. And I, I'll i never forget him just looking at me and saying, young earth, old earth, what does it matter, um, allegory or as is, who cares? As long as we believe that Jesus is the Savior, the rest doesn't really matter is what he said to me. And over the years, I have come to see how wrong that is because it really does matter. Genesis 1 to 11 is foundational to the rest of the Bible. On it rests all doctrine and our Christian worldview. And in fact, almost every major issue that we are grappling with in the world right now, whether it's abortion, gender, marriage and family, death, disease, race, the effects of sin, and many other things are addressed in Genesis 1 to 11. And I like to ask audiences, if your faith found its voice, what would it say? And nowhere is this question more powerfully needing a voice and needing an answer than in regards to the book of Genesis. If our faith is going to be a faith that speaks, then we need to know what the Bible says, study it, and learn to defend it. So, Uh, I'm very excited to be bringing this study to you. It's called, again, Supernatural, and we're going to talk about the fact that God was not vague about our origins. He didn't hide anything from us because he knew how essential it would be that we would grasp the nature of living with the spiritual implications of our fallen world. And so God's clear account given in Genesis 1 to 11 is going to be the the cornerstone for the entire study for the month of April. And if you guys want to join me, you can sign up right now at momstronginternational.com. First of all, I want to say thank you to those of you who are leaving reviews for the show over at iTunes. Our staff reads them and they often send them to me. This one came from Ashley in Pennsylvania who said, thank you for all you do for the homeschooling world. I've been homeschooling for seven years and over the years I've listened to many of your podcasts and I've always felt encouraged by listening to you and your guests keep up the great work. Thank you, Ashley. We really appreciate the encouragement here. Maggie in Oklahoma uh, had a question about chiropractic care, and she said that she had recently seen my Facebook post and my podcast about Christians and yoga, and in response, a friend shared with her that chiropractic care uh, comes from the occult, and she wants to know if I've ever heard of this. Well, Maggie, no, (laughs) I've never heard of that. Uh, Listen, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to take care of our bodies and to stay healthy. And I've, I've been seeing a chiropractor for years and years, and I think, man, if that can help you, then there's no reason why we wouldn't see a chiropractor. First Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Uh, I think a lot of people go to chiropractors for the same reason that I do. I think it's preferable to taking drugs. Uh, drugs have a lot of negative side effects. You know, invasive procedures such as surgery. I know because I just underwent a surgery. Uh, a lot of people see chiropractic treatment as a, a wonderful alternative, and especially now in the last several years, as we've all just walked through COVID, and we realize that there are a lot of massive issues inside the medical community. Speaking of which i I'm starting to wonder if we're if we're not going to see uh, Father Fauci, the high priest of the Branch Cavidians, charged for perjuring himself before Congress. So now it's been uh, shown that he willfully lied about whether or not the NIH was funding gain of function research at the Wuhan lab. He said that he did not believe that the virus was man-made. Turns out that's exactly what he believed, and he got an awful lot of money to keep his mouth shut so Uh, I think we're going to see some really interesting things happen in the medical community, and I hope we still continue to press for the truth. But as with everything that we do uh, as believers, we want to seek God's wisdom and seek his guidance regarding the type of medical treatment that we choose for ourselves and choose for our families. This is kind of my quick little shout out also to finding alternative care for insurance. Uh, I get this question a lot. Our ministry here, our staff, and the uh, the family at Firmly Planted Family has switched from a traditional uh, insurance plan to Christian Healthcare Ministries. We used to have Kaiser, and I could no longer abide by uh, giving Kaiser any money at all. These are doing this company is doing terrible harm to children through its gender clinics and all kinds of other things. And so we stopped paying for that insurance, and we're now going through Christian Healthcare Ministries. I'm going to link back to that. In the show notes today, if you're looking for alternatives to the woke medical establishment, that might be a good place to start. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... You guys heard me talk last week about my, I don't know what the right word is, my concern. (laughs) I guess I'll just put it that way. I have pretty serious concerns about camps, whether it's a Christian camp or a secular camp. I want you guys to be very, very aware of where it is that you're leaving your children. You need to know the people. You need to understand what the camp's philosophy is? Uh, how are they going to handle all this, uh, all the new wokeism and the alphabet mafia that's coming at them? My heart actually breaks for a lot of the Christian camps because they are being forced either to close or to capitulate, and uh, and so therefore I, you know, I'm not a huge fan. And you guys have heard me say that before. I do think that there are some wonderful camps, and Becky in Idaho wanted to remind me to remind you of one. And I'm already familiar with it, and so I'm going to read it to you. She said, I just listened to your answer and uh, about summer camps and would like to suggest an alternative for Christian families. Uh, Johnny and Friends has summer camps for families living with disabilities and are in need of volunteers. Now, I heard about this camp a long time ago from Melissa Crabtree. You guys know her. She works for me and has for a long time. She's a dear friend, and she has worked for Johnny and Friends uh, in the summertime, volunteered for them many times over the years, and she has nothing but good things to say. She said, at this camp, parents can serve alongside their children, and we attended our first retreat as campers last summer since our youngest two have Down syndrome and cannot put into words what a blessing it was. This coming summer, we will attend as campers in a neighboring state and then serve as volunteers in a brand new camp here in our own state because we are so excited that it's available locally we want to bless other people. So I love that. She reminds us that it's amazing to get to serve together as a family in a fun setting with people who are often pushed to the margins of society. And I would encourage you look into that if you're looking for a place where you can attend camp as a family. That's another alternative, I think, a a different way to approach camp. Family camp is a good idea. Uh, I'm not, you know, anti have a great summer. I'm just anti, you know, put your kids in situations where they're going to be at risk. All right. Amy in Indiana. Hi, Heidi. Thanks for the wisdom you share on a daily basis. Discovering your podcast has been encouraging to me. I have a question about how to talk with our teens about premarital sex and cohabitation. My husband and I are firm believers that men and women should wait until marriage, but the problem is we did not. If our kids ask, how do we have an open and honest conversation with them about that? I don't want to be deceitful, but I also don't want us to be seen in their eyes as hypocrites. You know, Amy, this is a really good question and I appreciate your honesty and your willingness to bring it to the table because I bet you you're not alone. Uh, I would never encourage you to do anything other than tell your kids the truth because one of these days they're going to find out that you were less than honest with them. And I think that that has much greater potential for damage, damaging their trust in you, their relationship with you. Uh, you need to tell the truth. and obviously. Whenever we're talking about sex with our kids, premarital sex, cohabitation, whatever you want to call it, we want those conversations to be age appropriate. So, uh, if, if if I was in in your position, I would be inclined to say, you know what, your dad and I uh, didn't do what God wanted us to do, and these are the these are the reasons why we wish that we had. We don't. Our kids are following us, right? But we are following Christ. Christ is the ultimate example. And there's nowhere to see this any better than in the church. We hear about pastors that fall away from the Lord. We hear about uh, situations in churches that are discouraging and even um, wicked at times. But we are not following men and human beings. Human beings will fail us. We follow Jesus. And that's the message that you want to give to your kids. God gives us boundaries so that we can experience his blessing. His blessing is not found outside the boundary. and so. God's clear boundaries for sex are outlined all throughout scripture. And that's where you want to point the eyes and hearts of your children is to walk in the blessing of God and to understand God's heart for marriage and for sex inside of marriage. And you want to portray that as the beautiful, wonderful thing that it is. God is the one who gave us the gift of sex. And it's a wonderful thing. And I want, uh, I don't know about you, but I want my kids to look forward to marriage. I want them to flourish Uh, When they get married, and a lot of that starts with me. And what is the example that I'm setting for my children? What am I telling them about what God says about human sexuality? The answers are found in the word of God. It's another reason why I'm so excited about the April study. And we're going to be going back to the foundational truths that are presented in Genesis 1 to 11. That study, again, is called Supernatural. Uh, Our job is to point our kids to Christ. And the minute we start holding ourselves up as a sinless example or as, uh, you know, examples of people that have never struggled with sin in our own lives, then we're going to wind up being hypocrites anyway. So rather than let the adversary um, trip you up on this, Amy, I would just encourage you to remember what the Bible says. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, I was teaching last week at uh, my women's bible study at momstrong international and one of the questions that came up because we always have conversations um via zoom afterwards and we can talk to each other and it's wonderful and one of the questions came up is hey how do i know that that little voice in my head is either from the enemy or if it's from the lord well here's the way that you know the holy spirit will always speak to you in tones of conviction whether it's convicting you of sin or urging you to participate or not participate in something. But the voice of the Holy Spirit, that gentle voice, the Bible calls it a still, small voice, will always lift you up. In other words, if you're engaged in in something that you shouldn't be engaging in, uh, you're gonna hear that small voice of the Holy Spirit, like, don't do that. I have so much better for you. You know that this is wrong. But the adversary will talk to you in tones of condemnation. You'll hear things like you're such a you're such a terrible person. You're never going to be able to be forgiven for this. God is so angry at you. All of those things, that voice is not the Lord. He does not speak in tones like that. The voice of God will lift you up, and the voice of the enemy will push you down. And that's the difference between conviction and condemnation. We got a comment on YouTube uh, again, talking about my my comments about Christian camps and Disney. Talking about uh, alternatives to Disney, Creative Mom Times 2 says, we are working hard to find an alternative to Disneyland and taking the kids to several national parks this summer. Finding alternatives on the West Coast is tough. Yeah, you right. I know because I live on the West Coast. If you can take your kids to the national parks, what a fantastic thing to do. And also, you know, if you can, if you make your way Across the country, you know, check out Branson, Missouri. If you guys have never been to the Sight and Sound uh, Theater, that's a wonderful place to go. And uh, obviously the Creation Museum. There's so many wonderful things that you can do with your kids without dredging them through Disneyland and giving Disney your money so that they can turn around and injure your children with it. All right. DeMaris in New York says... I have a college-age daughter, first one off to college. Congratulations, Damaris, you have survived. Her dad and I are at odds about the following question. Our daughter goes to college out of state. She has a boyfriend and has asked for him to spend Easter weekend with us. He isn't necessarily the ideal for our daughter for a great many reasons, but he's a sweet young man. One of us feels it isn't appropriate for him to come and spend the time overnight, And one of us feels it's a great opportunity to share time with him and get to know this young man that is capturing her heart. We are trying not to be at odds with each other. We really want the heart of God in all of this and are praying. What are your thoughts? Well, it sounds to me like you don't have any major red flags about this young man who is uh, pursuing your daughter. And so I would be inclined to say, let him come over. It'll give you an opportunity to get to know him. You can speak more intelligently about him to your daughter because you will have been able to spend time with him. The one thing that you don't want to do, especially as your kids get older, is push them away. It doesn't sound to me like your daughter is sinning. It sounds like she's trying to engage uh, with this young man with you, which I find to be honorable and good. And so if it was me, I'd be saying, hey, this is a great opportunity. That's how I see it. I don't know which one of you <laughs> shares the opinion, so try not to be mad. But I think uh, I agree with whoever thinks it's a great opportunity to share time with him. That's how I would look at it. Elizabeth in Alaska. She says, "Heidi, thank you for your ministry. I'm one of those. I'm in one of those government quote homeschool programs, but so badly want to be independent. However, my husband says no because of the quote free money and certified transcripts." I know Alaska homeschool law, but he isn't convinced. I feel, I feel icky <laughs> continuing through the state program, joyless in my schooling. How can I be patient as well as content, especially if my husband never changes his mind? Well, Elizabeth, the, the secret to contentment, Paul said that he had learned to be content, whether he was uh, in times of plenty or whether he was struggling, whether he was in prison or not in prison, the secret of contentment is to walk in right relationship with the Lord. It's to be content with where you are. You, uh, you might be frustrated that your kids are in that government homeschool program, and I understand your frustration, but don't let it cloud the fact that you are still the primary influence in your child's lives and to be able to just engage with them uh, from a position of authority as their mother right now. So, Don't let the enemy uh, trick you into thinking this is something that uh, uh, needs to be a point of contention between you and your husband. Rather, live peacefully with your husband and ask the Lord to give you the insight that you need. And as you're frustrated about this, and I understand why you are, I would be praying for my husband. God can change his heart. God can do it. And he's so good at that. And the chances of him Working in the heart of your husband are really good as you submit to the Lord and say, Lord, this is my heart. God knows your heart. And so I would encourage you to submit to him. All right, you guys, that's all I have time for today. I want to thank you for sending your questions into me. I hope that you'll come out and see me on the road this summer. I'm getting ready to head out. And you know, by by now, I'm sure you guys have heard me say this before, but it's one of my favorite things to do is to be out on the road. And I'm going to be headed to Teach Them Diligently in Round Rock, Texas, coming up the 23rd through the 25th. Don't miss it on April the 1st. Well, actually, March 30th through April 1st, I'll be at the Answers for Women Conference at the ARC Encounter. I am told that that event is sold out, but you can still live stream it. And I don't want you to miss the opportunity to come back and see me at the homeschool encounter at the Ark encounter. So it's a wonderful, wonderful week of just, uh, I mean, if you're looking for a good thing to do with your kids, for goodness sake, sign up for the homeschool experience that's coming up this spring at the Ark encounter. And I will link back to that in the show notes today. You guys are awesome. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith. Sure.